Hello and welcome to another edition of Pioneer Pigskin. My name is Eric Jensen and we've just completed week one flying solo today here on the Pioneer Pigskin podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Man, we have three very interesting games to get into today. We're going to talk about each game. We'll talk about some key players, a few quick takeaways, and then we'll get out of here. These episodes, when it's just me, they're going to be very short, about 10 to 15 minutes long. So hopefully we can get you a lot of information in a very short amount of time and get you caught up on what happened yesterday in the world of college football around the state of Utah and hey maybe give a few national takes as well even though this week I didn't catch much of a national action there was a lot going on here in the state of Utah so let's start with BYU the team yesterday with the win in the state of Utah an impressive 50 to 21 victory over the USF Bulls, let's take a look at some key players. Chris Brooks, the new running back for the BYU Cougars, 135 yards on the ground. And let's just start there. The Cougars ran the ball extremely impressively in week one. That offensive line looks as good as advertised by BYU's coaching staff every point of the way. Since media day, they've been saying they roll eight deep on the offensive line. And they absolutely bullied USF yesterday. Absolutely bullied them. It was it, it was never really close up front in the trenches. BYU got extremely good push up front and ended up winning the day on the offensive line. And when you are able to do that, you're able you're usually able to run and pass the ball pretty well. And that usually leads to a victory. Trench play, of course, such a crucial part of college football Chris Brooks the guy out of Cal last year looked very good 135 yards has a nice burst had a big 58 yard touchdown run he's a guy to look at going forward another guy that had a big day and another key player Puka Nakua 76 yards and two touchdowns on the ground but a big concern left the game with an apparent knee injury his knee got bent backwards a little bit he was seen later on the bench with a boot on sometimes you know in the BYU post game last night they were saying oh sometimes that's a little bit of an overreaction but Jay Drew the Deseret News I believe he had some disturbing news and that was that Puka Nakua was leaving the field on crutches that However, is not great news for the Cougars, especially a team that's dealing with a gun around the injury. He did not play on Saturday as they were holding him out for Baylor next Saturday. This is something to keep an eye on, folks. If Puka Nakua isn't healthy, they are not thin at wide receiver. They had lots of different wide receivers catch the ball last night. And Jaron Hall, the quarterback, had a good Good evening passing for 261 yards, but their top receiver was Chase Roberts, I believe, at 43 yards, I want to say. And that, to me, that that's just not going to cut what Aaron Roderick wants this offense to be. During the offseason, he had heavily said, you know, we want to focus on Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney. We want them to play a lot. We want them to be healthy, and we want them to be the stars of our offense. 
And if Puka Nakua is already dealing with this knee injury early, that's a little bit of a problem and something to really, really keep an eye on moving forward. Other than that, not a whole lot of negative takeaways for BYU. A really good day overall. Won the battle up front. Got only one sack. Again, sacks. The sack numbers and the amount of times BYU gets to the quarterback this year, that's something I'm going to be looking at because last year only 20, as I've pointed out on this podcast a few times. You've got to have more than that if you're going to compete in the Big 12. And next week will be a huge test of that. Last year, Baylor absolutely bullied BYU on both lines and that was a big reason why the Cougars ended up falling in that game this year I think that offensive line will be able to hold up and and stand pat but that defensive line is still a big question and Baylor that offense looked very good yesterday putting up 40 plus points in their matchup Baylor a huge test for BYU coming up and that'll do it for our talk on the Cougars I know kind of more abbreviated on that, but they they did have the biggest win of the day in the state, and they looked extremely good while doing it. Their biggest test will come next week. Meanwhile, the next team we'll talk about, Utah, next week, not so much of a test. Southern Utah, home opener. Hopefully, that's a pretty boring affair if it sees Utah drop 30 to 40 points and head home happy. But to start the season, not not happy sights for the school up on the hill at all. A heartbreaker in the swamp after a last-second pick thrown by Cam Rising. Florida wins 29-26. to 26. Let's talk about some uh, key players. Anthony Richardson. Let me use a, a, a phrase that, that the kids use these days. Anthony Richardson, he is him. Anthony Richardson is a really good quarterback folks and sure he may have some passing limitations that's one thing that people have said about him I personally did not see that in week one but we still have time to go but as a running threat he is absolutely a monster and really carried Florida in this game the the Utes on the other hand just a heartbreaking loss um let's let's talk about some key players for Utah really quickly Tavion Thomas, a big day on the ground, 115 yards, one touchdown. Thought he had two, but stopped just barely at the goal line. A real heartbreaker, that one. The Utes stopped in the red zone two or three separate times, and that just that kind of killed momentum for them. Brant Keithy, nine receptions, 105 yards, looked very, very good. And, you know, as I said before, you know, Utah's wide receiver hype every year it's through the roof but this is tight end you at this point Don Kincaid and Brant Keefe are going to be the main weapons and I would not expect you know Devon and Vele or Solomon Ellis or or even Jalen Dixon to have thousand yard seasons this year if you think a Utah wide receiver is going to crack a thousand yards you just you're not really thinking straight Devon Vele had 36 yards in this one I believe or around that number um i should have these stats pulled up in front of me i have this google doc that i've written everything down on but uh, live and learn as they say but let's talk about that last play cam rising man it's just a bad throw 
it's just a bad throw. It's the level of interception you see from, you know, guys in the NFL like Jameis Winston, Drew Locke, where you just don't see that linebacker underneath. And there are three guys surrounding his target. It's just a really, really tough look for Cam Rising. And it's hard. It's hard to criticize these guys because they are just college athletes. They, you know, this isn't professional sports, but now they're starting to get paid some money with NIL. So it's it's a very delicate line to to follow. And overall, I'll be honest, I thought Cam Rising looked pretty good throughout the game. He looked jittery and kind of freaked out really in the first half. He didn't didn't seem like he was calm or collected or ready for the moment in the first half. But once he got to the third quarter, in the third quarter especially, he led some really good drives. And that's one thing I really want to stress to Utah fans. Like, you cannot look at this entirely as a loss because this was an SEC defense. This is an SEC caliber defense. And I don't care what anyone else says. There are differences between conferences and the level of play at certain positions. And defense in the SEC is just different. Even USC, who looks like they might be the team to beat now for Utah in the Pac-12, they are not going to have the defense Florida had. And Florida, I mean, they looked extremely good, Utah did, on offense. They were able to move the ball. Cam Rising was not getting hit most of the day. The offensive line was holding up. They were able to run the ball really effectively. Tavion Thomas had a great day. NFL scouts are going to look at him and say, wow, he just carved up an SEC defense in large part to a great blocking performance by a stellar Utah offensive line early. Offensive line was kind of a concern for me coming into the year. After this, it no longer is. They looked good up front. But the offense in the fourth quarter, it just got tight. Then, you know, clock management and chasing points came into it. You know, going for two in the third quarter when you could have just kicked the field goal. Like, Kyle Whittingham seemed to be chasing this game the whole time, even when he was ahead. And the clock management, too, was a little bit suspect, I have to say. And Kyle Whittingham's a great coach. but. The game management was not perfect from Utah here, and it had to be perfect if you were going to beat this Florida team. And I think the other thing is Florida is just an underrated team. They should be ranked next week. Utah should still be ranked as well, but Florida should be ranked next week. They have a tremendous quarterback. I think Billy Napier is a really good head coach. I think they're on the right track down in the swamp. It's just a tough loss. It's just a tough loss. Defensively, Utah, this is a wild stat. I looked at this this morning, and I had to do a double take, and I'm just going to pull this up right now as well, as well. I have to make sure I get this stat right. But it's wild to me how little, how little pressure the Utes got. They, they basically, as I take a look here, yeah, no sacks on the day. This is this is a team that prides themselves on being sack like city and and getting to the quarterback and having a ferocious pass rush. And even more disturbing, only two tackles for loss. 
up front, Florida was just able to dominate this game with their offensive line. They they just played extremely well in the trenches, like most SEC teams do. And the Utes just weren't able to get to the quarterback. It 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 was really striking to see that for me. Defensively, coverage played pretty well. But containing Anthony Richardson was a problem. They spied Lander Barton on him a few times. You know, I'm taking this analysis from my good friend and co-worker Hans Olsen, who's much smarter at football than I will ever be in my entire life. And I just listened for it to him for to learn about the game of football. And they had Lander Barton in these contained situations throughout the game. And honestly. He, he just wasn't able to handle it. Anthony Richardson was able to beat him to the edge. Like, Lander Barton, he is a highly touted recruit. He is going to be very good. The coaches are very high on him. But, man, when you go into the swamp with a rookie linebacker and they have one of the best running quarterbacks in the nation, ooh, that just hurts, man. It just hurts, and and it's not going to get any easier. And big picture-wise now, Utah's playoff hopes, I hate to say this, and maybe I'm just a pessimist, but they're pretty much dead. E- even if you went undefeated through the Pac-12 season, and that's extremely hard. No team has done that in over 10 years. Team People are still going to look at that and look at Notre Dame and say, oh, Notre Dame, they played Ohio State really close. Or they're going to say Texas A&M or these bigger name programs throughout the country. And Utah's just going to get the short end of the stick, I'm afraid. This is it. I don't think there's a playoff spot for the Utes. That said, a 10-win season is not a disappointment. It's just not. I know the expectations were high, but 10 wins is still extremely impressive and still extremely within the grasp. And the Rose Bowl and the Pac-12 title are still there for the Utes to go out and chase. Not all hope is lost, but it's time to readjust expectations. Suddenly, USC in October, that becomes the biggest game of the year for the Utes because USC looks like they have it figured out on offense with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. I would imagine they'll come into that game with one or no losses, USC and pretty highly ranked. If Utah wants to remain around the top 10, they need to get a win here. After this loss, I would imagine they'll get knocked down into the late teens and 20s and they'll have to rise up the rankings like they do each year. But Kyle Whittingham's a great coach, and you know Utah's in a good position. But BYU, they did have a better week this week. Um, of course, they played USF as well. I don't know why I just made that comparison. I you know I hate I hate the whole rivalry comparison thing, and how everyone has to compare themselves to the other team. I think it's I think it's stupid. I know as a young person in sports media, I shouldn't say that, but I I think it's really stupid. I think unless you're playing each other, you should root for the teams in the state to have success because Utah is so disrespected by the national media in general. It is helpful for us when we have a great state 
athletically because then people take notice and people start to take us seriously. And as a Utah native, that's that's more important to me than being able to say, oh, Utah lost, BYU's a better program. Now, like, just, you know, be happy and root for each team in the state unless you're playing each other, of course. I mean, it. that's just a tangent for another day, though. Uh, finally, Utah State, this will be pretty brief. I produced this game. It was not fun. Uh, 55 nothing Bama. All I got to say is this. Hey, man, it's Bama. Don't worry too much about it. Like, this is Alabama. Blake Anderson's a good coach, but like you said in the postgame, they just got out-athleted. They just didn't have the athletes to keep up with Alabama, and Alabama came in and took care of business. Not too much to take away from this one. Logan Bonner got pulled pretty early to prevent injury. I suspect he will be the starter against Weber State, but everything's still within reach for USU. I mean, the season doesn't really start for them until they get to Mountain West play in week four, I believe, against UNLV. That'll be the start of chasing another Mountain West Conference title. But... Yeah, I mean, it's Alabama. There's not much to take away. Brian Cobbs had a nice catch. You know, Ike Larson, he's a guy, a really nice positive. Get your mind right. Get ready for for Weber State. Ike Larson played extremely well, had a pick, had some big tackles. He's just a really good player. And uh, I I look forward to watching him the rest of year also a super good dude in the post game talked about having a positive attitude while you play football and just getting to the next play he's just a good dude and a real leader and you know as a freshman you know they're they're gonna have a hard time keeping him around because they're gonna be some big programs that want this guy he he is a really really good player all right well that's done it for this episode of pigskin pick'em Uh, Austin Fisher, hopefully he'll be back with me next week. And hopefully I I can keep doing these throughout the season. This is a real challenge for me, solo podcasting. But I I really want to give it a try and and get better at it. So the only way to do that is practice, practice, practice. Hey, some weeks it might be a little bit choppy. I'm not going to lie to you. But, you know, I do this for a hobby. And I, I appreciate the 10 to 15 of you that listen to me. So... I really appreciate y'all, and uh, thank you so much for your time. Have a great week, and we'll uh, we'll hopefully see you next Sunday. Woo! First Sunday of the NFL as a big NFL fan. I'm extremely happy for that. Um, but yeah, some some nice games in the state of Utah next week. Hopefully Utah gets right. Clobbers Southern Utah. Hopefully Utah State can take care of Weber. Weber looked pretty pretty good in their first week, but hopefully that. You know, FBS, FCS difference shows up. And, uh, you know, BYU, a huge game. Biggest game of the week in the state of Utah playing the Baylor Bears. Big game to get BYU into the national conference. So a lot, a lot going on next week. So check us out next Sunday, hopefully. And, you know, sometimes it might be Sunday. Sometimes it might be Monday or Tuesday. But I'm going to try every week to get at least one of these. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you all. Have a great day. Peace out.